Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story Podcast. I'm so happy you are with us today. Um, I have such a fun guest with me today and wanted to share a little bit of background about how I know her, how I got to meet her. You guys know that I'm talking a lot about the value of speaking and getting out and sharing your story with your audience more. And um, I've been talking so much about that lately on our social media channels and with my email list. And even here on the podcast, I've recorded a couple of episodes recently about what happens um, from speaking events. And they're so magical for so many reasons. And one of the things that I have not talked about that is kind of like a ninja thing is the people that you meet that you are sharing the stage with. And that's exactly how I met our guest today, Susie Bieberall, who she and I got to share the stage, both of us as keynote uh, address givers, if you will, keynote speakers at a recent women's conference that we were both um, invited to participate in and speak at. And I did not know Susie before that speaking event. I knew of her because I knew of her amazing uh, work that she does uh, at, at her nonprofit that we're going to talk more about today called Room, Room Redux. But it was really so delightful to finally meet Susie in person. And Susie, I'm really excited that I get to have this time with you now to like have dedicated time on the podcast to talk more with you, learn more about you, get you to share your story with me. Cause now I'm really curious now that I know all the things that you do. And I heard you speak that day. There's like so many other things I want to know. So <laughs> I hope you're ready for a bunch of questions about your story and how you got started and just like the impact, truly the impact that you are making in the world and the lives of children is just so beautiful. So I'm, I'm really excited that you're here with me today. And it was an honor to share the stage with you. It was an honor, April. I'm so happy to be here. I'm just delighted. Uh, we hit it off immediately right before the whole conference started, and I knew we were fast friends, and I'm just, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Well, I want just to give everyone kind of a, a quick overview of what Room Redux is, because that was, that's really your big platform, the big platform that you're out there speaking on, you get invited to do um, talks and share, you know, your message and what you're up to. You recently received a very high distinct honor of, uh, from L'Oreal, 
the, the company L'Oreal, um, and you received their woman of worth distinction award. And, um, a lot of that had to do with what you're doing in the world with your, with your nonprofit called room redux. So just tell everybody exactly what is room redux and what are you guys up to? We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we transform the rooms and lives of children who have faced abuse. We do this anonymously so the children never see us, and we do this in one day. And the cool thing is we get our referrals from counselors, therapists, psychologists, law enforcement, CPS, the FBI, Homeland Security. We have to know that the child or the children are in counseling for the trauma or they've been through counseling for the trauma. And it also allows us to talk to the counselor and make sure that we're putting therapeutic tools that they're using in counseling into their room transformations. So you're kind of a cross between like the, you know, what, what's happening inside counseling and therapy and HGTV. I mean, essentially. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great description, April. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing. You're like, you're like one of these TV shows that comes in and ambushes and changes the kids rooms um, while they're at school or something like that. So yeah, I want to know exactly how are y'all doing that? How are you doing this anonymously? Like how that is so fun. I did not know that that little tidbit that you did it without the kids knowing? Yeah. Once we get a referral from an agency, we make contact with the parent or the caregiver, and then we set up a time to go assess the room when the child's not there. We go out on that day and we have a questionnaire where we ask, what colors does she love? What colors does she hate? What is he into? What would she like in the room? What are his hobbies? What does he want to be when he grows up? We specifically tailor each room transformation to that child. And then we take pictures of the walls, the windows, the ceiling, the floor, uh, and we measure, measure everything. And then we start to put a design together. We name every room transformation so they're not, we're, we're not throwing kids' names around. And then we set a time to do the room, room transformation. So in between the assessment and the actual room transformation is when we shop. It's when we put out an Amazon registry list. We start to get donations and plans for this room transformation, super fun. And then on room transformation day, it's always when the child's not there. So they're either at school or they're away for the day or we'll send them somewhere fun. And we go in with a team of volunteers. Everyone has a background check and we get to transforming. We take everything out of the room that the parent or caregiver has said, take it. <laughs> and we get to work. We have put down new flooring in room transformations paint, we've done murals, new light fixtures, furniture, bedding, always a new mattress. And then like I mentioned, therapeutic tools. So that may include art supplies or a meditation area with a big beanbag chair or a pinching bag. We did that for a 14 year old girl once. So whatever it's gonna take for that child to understand and realize they are worthy. Mm -hmm. Perfect find with Laurel Paris, by the way, because you're yeah. worth it. We want them to know that they're worthy, they're worth it, and they have a place where they feel safe now, where they feel like they want to be. I mean, we find that children aren't sleeping in their rooms after abuse and trauma, especially if, if the abuse happened in their room or there are triggers. So we're finding that now they're sleeping in their room after not sleeping in their room for years, or they're having friends over. Mm -hmm. They're all wonderful feedback. Well, and I know your big word um, at Room Redux is transform. It's not about getting a redo. It's about really transforming 
not only the room, but also the child's perspective and viewpoint and experience. And like you said, just the fact that they now will invite friends over, you know, after they've gone through this beautiful surprise that they've received, uh, their confidence and, you know, just their surroundings. One of my business coaches even talks about this, you know, on a business level, but of course this applies to everything is that, you know, how we, our environment, our environment and how we work, um, you know, is our desk clean? You know, are we cluttered? Do we have, you know, stuff lying around that's just, um, you know, decluttering up our, our vision as leaders, that's really hard for us to perform at our highest peak performance. The same is true, right? I'm sure there's a ton of research around this where the same is true for children. If they don't have, you know, this environment around them that makes them feel loved and, and safe and a, a space that they can enjoy being in and even a place where they can go punch a bag, right? <laughs> that their, their experience isn't as, they're not at their optimal performance. They can't um, navigate these challenges that they're navigating at the time, right? This trauma that they are working through and trying to get, you know, get, get behind, um, it makes it more difficult. So I'm sure that you guys have done a lot of research around why this is so important. Absolutely. So I am currently a doctoral candidate in uh, psychology. Um, I'll be Dr. Seuss hopefully soon. I'm I still love it, on Dr. It. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you mentioned, oh, I bet there's a lot of research on it. Actually, there's not. Really? Um, there's nothing, there's no nonprofit that does what Room Redux does and the way we do it. And Everyone I speak to, counselors, law enforcement, they all say, wow, it's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Think about that. Change their environment. So my actual, my doctoral project, my research is on what we do at Room Redux, and I'm having trouble finding any backup. It's great because it's revolutionary, but it's a little challenging when you can't find anything about it. So I'm having to dig deep into how colors affect our mood, how environment change for adults or, you know, it can help us mentally and physically, just like you mentioned, decluttering and things like that. It's actually, it's pretty challenging. But. Well, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be able to spout the resource right now because of course I'm, I'm I, that's not in the top of my brain, <laughs> but there is a book that, you know, my, I, I said, my business coach talks about this a lot about, you know, decluttering your environment and building your environment to be the most productive, you know, leader that you can. He references that from a book that he's read. So I don't know what, if that book has substantial research behind it or whatever, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you because yes, that please. is really fascinating. The fact that you're doing the research and having a hard time finding the research, but like everyone else is telling you like, duh, of course, this makes a lot of sense that when we change the kid's environment, that naturally they will, they will feel better. They will um, be able to receive even the, the therapy and the counseling, and they will be able to ingest that uh, faster. You know, we just recently in a, last year, we moved into a new house and my daughter was really struggling with um, the idea of moving, you know, and she's 13 at the time. And so, and it was a house that needed a lot of work. We've been remodeling and it. So when we were moving in, it didn't look the best, you know, because we had a lot of work ahead of us, but the very first I said, before we do anything, her room must be done. So we made sure that her room was the, of all of us, like 
we could have been sleeping on a mattress on the floor, but her room was done. And that was so important to me because I knew instinctively, right? Not because I've read the research, but instinctively, I knew that if I got her room set up, it was going to make her transition faster to the idea of this being her new home and make her much more comfortable faster. And it did, it worked. It really worked. And she has, I mean, I, I tell her to this day, I'm like, you have the best room in the whole house, <laughs> you know, and she really does. I mean, we've really made it so special for her and Mama. I know. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I haven't read the research on that. I just assumed that there would be, but I'm excited to see what you come up with after you complete your doctoral journey and you become Dr. Seuss. I love that. Yes. I love that. So <laughs> me too. You know, and go yeah, ahead. I was going to say, just mention like my office, for instance, you see it's bright orange. I did that during the pandemic because I really wanted to feel stimulated and we're all on zoom and I thought oh my square isn't very exciting it's kind of boring and so I painted it it's called invigorate you'll love I that, love that. right I I love you that. Love it. and I feel inspired and I feel happy and joyful and ready to get on with my day when I walk into this room and that's what these children deserve too and I won't geek out too much but I will say on a longitudinal level a broad spectrum level our intention is to truly transform their lives. And what that means is ending, ceasing the cycle of abuse. Many children go on to uh, abuse other children, their siblings or abuse children as adults. And so we want them to know that the world is not always a scary place and that there are people who love and care about you, who don't even know you and who expect nothing from you. I think that's gonna go it's going to be huge in their lives for these children who they know that their parent or their caregiver is their advocate. But what about the rest of the world? They're all out to yeah. get me consumed, and we want them to know it's not, that's not the case. Oh, such important work and such important work. And I am so, uh, I just love the fact that you've been able to build this and spread this as fast as you have been able to, and you continue to do. Uh, when I first learned about room, room redux, because you started it locally here in the town where I live in Texas, I assumed incorrectly that you just worked in our local area, that this was a local charity. That is not at all the case. You are a nonprofit that is across the country and you are now expanding soon into other countries. So I, that's what I loved about you when I heard you speak at our women's conference was just the vision that you have. You are such a big visionary. I could even just see your brain working when you were speaking on stage that day. There were just so many things you want to say to people, you know, and you were you're like, I, don't, I can't even say it all in this, in this keynote. Like I could just tell uh, that there was just so much more to Susie than even what is being presented currently. So first part of my question is, tell us how you were able to grow that. Because I think even as, um, people that listen to this podcast, a lot of people are in business and we can learn a lot from other people who have been able to take an idea and start small and grow fast and grow wide and continue to grow with big vision. So I'll get to my second part of my question in just a minute, but that's the first part I'd love for you to share. How did you do that? I have always been a visionary and I, I do think really big. Yeah. I think the box I have a thing hanging on my wall in this office that says create the things you wish existed and that's that's what we have to do if you have an idea 
build upon it, do something about it, no matter how far-fetched you might feel it is. So another thing is I always expect a yes, always. When I talk to our board, our wonderful board of directors or <clears throat> volunteers or our grant team, I always tell them, you're not asking people for something. You're not asking for furniture donations or monetary donations. You're giving people the opportunity to transform a child's life. So when you look at it, you shift your perspective on how you're helping, how you're giving and why you're giving, it it helps you become a more cheerful giver. And that's what I find anyway, when I give people the opportunity to help children, they're joyful about it. And also it's very tangible. Room Redux is tangible. You mentioned HGTV. We're working on a show, by the way, um, because you do, you get to see the before and you get to see the after. But the cool thing too is in between community volunteers coming together to transform these children's lives in one day. It's an amazing thing. People get to network, they become friends. They're all working toward a common goal and that's helping children. So when it comes to expanding and spreading, our board president calls me a shameless promoter because I will talk about Room Redux every chance I get, always. I always work Room Redux into a conversation. I'm kind of tunnel vision and probably drive people crazy, but that's, you know, that's okay. <laughs> so I talk that's about your job. Every, that's right. Yeah. And I'm very mission-minded. So mission comes first. Let's transform the lives of children who have faced abuse. But right next to that is collaboration. Mm -hmm. I love collaboration. I feel like there shouldn't be any competition. We should all work together mm -hmm. to transform children's lives in whatever form or fashion that means. We can collaborate with realtors. Our optometrist is my optometrist because she got involved. It just it runs the gambit on how you can collaborate and, and spread the word. Mm -hmm. um, actually, in 2019, I was featured in The Skim, which is an online news source. Mm -hmm. And I was skimmer of the week. It just said, Susie Biberall is the CEO and founder of Room Redux. They transform the rooms and lives of children who have faced sexual and physical abuse. Click here to learn more. And people did. And I think, like, like we've said, it's tangible and it's new, it's different. And that's how we first started with our chapters. Our first one was in Bay Area, California, Tracy Sarge. So we've just grown from there. And when I go speak, when I'm at a conference, last week I was at the National Children's Advocacy Center in Alabama. We made all kinds of new contacts and people yeah, want to yeah. start a chapter in Alabama. So it's, it's been amazing. And this past weekend, we went to Room Redux Nevada's kickoff party. They're starting up a chapter. Super exciting. I love that. So you have chapters across all across um, the country. I think you told me beforehand that you have 15 chapters across the United States and the vision going forward you know, cause you do, you have this big vision and I love even the bigger vision of eradicating, you know, eradicating and stopping the cycle of abuse, because that's exactly, there is a lot of research on that. I know yes. that, that there is definitely a cycle. Usually abusers were once abused. And so that is such a critical piece of figuring out how to stop that cycle. Um, but immediately one of the visions is to grow into other countries. Tell us about that. And what, what is that like, you know, to, to step out and figure out how to expand internationally? It's been a process. It's fun. It's exciting. It, it, it takes a while. Filing in a different country is a different animal. Yeah. I mean, here in America, so we have one board of directors 
and it's over the whole entire organization. We have one 501c3 and we file as a foreign entity in each state, but to file in a different country is completely different. They have to have their own trustees usually, and it's, it's a lengthy process. But the statistics here in Texas specifically is one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is around the world. And that's just what's reported. Mm -hmm. So we know that there are children who need, deserve a fresh start. And so that's why we will be in every city, every state, every country, so that we can help as many children as possible. Mm, I love that. I love that vision. I'm so excited to see you just grow and keep and keep pushing forward. Susie, for you, like, where does this passion come from? How did you get into this work that, I mean, I really don't even really know the full background because the, the story you shared when we met was a bit different than it was more about you receiving this high honor and this, how this all came about with you work, getting to work with L'Oreal, which I definitely want you to share that too. But, but, you know, I know what it's like to be a woman on mission, you know, like I have my own mission, I have my own vision and I know where that origin of that desire and that passion comes from for me. And I've shared that, you know, pretty blatantly on this, on this podcast, but for you, where does that come from? Did you have a particular experience or did you go a particular path that, you know, that made you decide, you know, this is, this is how I want to, want to take my career next? What, what was that background for you? I've always had a heart for children, actually innocence. So the elderly animals, children, but especially children. And I started my, um, my path on my doctorate back in 2011 and with my bachelor's and then my master's. And then I worked at a children's advocacy center and I was the family advocate. And every day I would hear the horrific stories of what's going on with our children unfathomable things mm -hmm. and then the children would start to be in counseling or they would come uh, to the CAC for counseling and I would talk to the parents and the caregivers and I'd ask how's she doing how's he doing and they would tell me she's starting to open up but she's still not sleeping in her room she hasn't slept in her room in five years or he's doing okay he's still not having friends over he's not standing up straight his grades are still bad and sometimes they would mention, you know, that dresser where she drew a picture on it when the abuse was occurring, you know, things like that. And I thought, okay, so there are triggers, there are triggers that are going on for these children. And it made sense to me to change their environment and to give them a fresh start and not have reminders of what happened. And especially, like I said, especially if it happened in the room. And even so, so far as changing the position of the bed can make mm -hmm. a huge difference for a child. So that's, that's where it, it came from. Uh, we at the CAC would get a grant once a year. We had to pick one child where we could buy new things for them or, you know, change up their room. And I always went above and beyond and just went wild and got donations and really made it different. And I thought we need to be doing this all the time for every child across the nation, across the world. So Room Redux was born. Room Redux was born in that moment. I love that. Tell me about your first room renovation, your first room transformation. 
So it was in 2017, we didn't have a name, we didn't have our 501c3, we didn't have a board. And I thought, let's let's try it. Let's see how this pans out. Let's see if we get good results. And so it was the home of a single father and a two bedroom house. And he slept on the couch so that his 14 year old daughter and 13 year old son would have their own rooms. He even knew it's important for them not to be sharing a room. They need to be in separate rooms. So <laughs> with a very small team of volunteers, three people, it was all day long. We're much more efficient now, but we transformed their rooms. I mean, top to bottom paint. It, 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 they, it was just beautiful. It was boho and steampunk. <laughs> first two. Yeah. I love it. And they were just, they were beautiful and the children absolutely loved them. And interesting. I don't tell everybody this story, but I'll, I'll tell you. Well, this is called the inside story podcast, Susie. We want the inside <laughs> stories. Okay. Inside stories. <laughs> well, usually when we hear feedback, we think, oh, she's sleeping in her room now. Oh, he, uh, he stopped self-harming and all of these things do happen. Well, in this particular case, the following week, the father calls me. He says, Susie, I got to tell you something. I said, okay. And I'm expecting something really great. I'm so excited. He said, well, she got suspended. And I thought, oh no, that's not what I want to hear. He said, no, no, listen, listen. So this girl had been being bullied. Mm -hmm. She was beautiful. She's an athlete, six feet tall at 14. So she was being bullied in school and just kind of taking it. And after her room transformation, she was in the hallway, she got shoulder checked and she clocked the girl. <laughs> and you go, girl. Do we do not condone, condone violence. Of course, you know, we're against abuse, yes. but I, I started to laugh and he did too. He said, she knows she's worthy. She knows she's worth it. And she has confidence now. She stands taller and owns her full six feet and she's not taking it anymore. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good. By chance, are you still in contact with that family? I am. I do oh. keep in contact. Yes. What's the latest on these two kids that are, I imagine are not kids anymore? No, they're not. And they have older siblings too. So it's a whole big family. Um, she is now pregnant, about to have her child. And uh, the son, the, her brother is doing well. He's got a great job and yeah, they're doing really well. Susie, what does that feel to you? Like, how do these stories make you feel when you realize, you know, that you're playing such a huge role in these kids' lives, even if they don't know you? It's indescribable. It really is because I do want them to have the best life possible. And I do want them to know that they're loved. And so to hear things like she stopped self-harming and she's mentoring other children or now she's on the cheerleading team, or he's playing sports, that those things are amazing because every child should be given an environment where they can flourish and thrive and be the best versions of themselves. And I feel like that's what Room Redux is, is helping them do. And it's fun because we tell the parents and caregivers, tell them whatever you want, because they ask, what do I even tell them? Who did them? this? Yeah. Who did this, right? Because we split before they get home. So they don't know. And I, I do, I tell them, tell them you did it if you want. Sometimes a, a relationship can be damaged because the child didn't feel protected or they don't feel like they belong at this new place. Maybe it's mom's 
cousin and they have other children. Uh, so we always put their name in their room so they understand, oh, okay, I do fit in and I am wanted and I am loved. Mm, that's so good. And I love that you don't even want the credit for it, that you, you know, really encourage caregivers and family members or whomever to say, Hey, I did this, you know, and not from a standpoint of lying and not telling the truth, but because in truth, they did do it because they made it possible. They worked with you in collaboration to allow that to unfold. You know, you could not have done it without their help and in some way or, you know, some, in some way they, they made the connection with you to even bring you in to begin with. So I really love that you even, you know, pass off, uh, the credit and, and the limelight to other people. Exactly. I mean, and these parents and caregivers, they deserve, they deserve the credit. They really do. They have been, through they're doing so the hard work much. every day. Yeah. So traumatic for them too. They've, they've gone through horrific things as well. And that secondary trauma often, so that's really difficult. And I, I just love that they come to understand that they have an advocate in us. We check in three months, six months, a year down the line, and they always know that they can come out, you know, reach, reach out to us. We even have some caregivers, parents who pay it forward and donate furniture down the line or come to room transformations or buy things for children's room transformations. I think that's amazing and beautiful. Full circle. Uh, totally a full circle. And I was just thinking when you were um, sharing about um, the kids and like that, the story of that one girl, the six foot tall girl who like really showed up and maybe not the way we would have chosen, but <laughs> Hey, you know, we get it, but she was owning her worth. You know, she was truly beginning to own every bit of her six foot tall worth externally and internally for the first time. And I couldn't help but think when you were sharing that story about how cool it is that you and Reem Redux has received this high accolade recently with L'Oreal around woman of worth and that word being worth, you know, like it could be woman of distinction. It could be woman of the year. It could be woman of, you know, woman of Paris, you know, whatever, but it's not, it's the woman of worth award. What did winning and getting that distinction for you mean? Like, first of all, tell us a little bit about that experience and how did that come about? But really specifically, have you thought about the fact that it was woman of worth? Oh, absolutely. Every time I make a social media post and put L'Oreal Paris family, L'Oreal partner, and then worth it. Their hashtag is worth it. I think I just love how it's a perfect marriage between yeah. Henry Dex and L'Oreal Paris, the perfect tagline. Um, so last year, out of over 5,000 nominations across the country, I found out that I was one of 10 honorees across the country, and it's female entrepreneurs, uh, nonprofit CEOs, and founders all wonderful, wonderful nonprofits. My other, my nine honoree, fellow honorees, they're amazing women making a huge difference in the world. I'm just so glad to be in their class. And then this past November, uh, there was a popular vote. Thank you for voting for me, everyone who voted. And in Hollywood on December 1st, 1st it was announced that I was the L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth National Honoree. So in addition to the initial $20,000 grant that they gave us, we got another $25,000 grant for Room Redux. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Amazing. And what I said when I accepted the award with 
I mean, it was a star-studded red carpet event. I tell you, Dame Helen Mirren and Camila Cabello, Asia Naomi King, all, all of these superstars, very surreal. But I told, I, what I said when I was up there, what L'Oreal Paris has done is shine the spotlight on the epidemic that is child sex abuse, physical abuse, sex extortions, trafficking, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So this platform that I have now from which to really speak about Room Redux has been phenomenal. It's been a wonderful opportunity. So exciting. Yeah. I mean, it literally, it is so exciting. I mean, it is such a, it's such a cool thing to just kind of just see that you you've been able to experience this, you know, followed along with some of your social media since we've connected and, you know, I see you out there getting to speak and just getting to use that platform, you know, really use that step up that you've been given by having such a big name like Lori L behind you now, which is just phenomenal. It's just, it's, and and much deserved, you know, I can understand why so many people voted uh, for you to be able to receive that national honor. And, um, and also just like the fact, you know, again, kind of bringing this conversation full circle that it's bringing you together with other people. That's how you and I met because I know I know you got invited to speak because of all of the good work that you're doing and, and this big national award and all of the things. Um, I'd love to hear just kind of on a, a different take of this conversation because I have been talking so much to my audience about speaking and about what happens when you get the opportunity to go share your message and why more women need to step up and share their stories and get out there and put themselves in the room. I know it's scary. Getting on stage is uncomfortable. You know, it can be nerve wracking and, but you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to be a professional speaker that has eliminated all of their ums and doesn't have any awkward, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm, I say this all the time. I'm like, I will never be that person because I have so many filler words, but I don't care because it does not stop me from saying yes to the opportunities to go and share my message. And you are getting to do that now too. What has unfolded for you and for Room Redux as a result of getting all these invitations to go speak and you saying yes to those opportunities? I do say yes to every opportunity. And I love what you said about, you don't have to be a perfect speaker. I mean, if you say, um, and, uh, that's fine. I don't say, um, and, uh, I, in my communication classes, speech classes, I really was deliberate to eliminate those. But I heard you say a filler that I say, by the way. Like, oh, Oh, you know, yeah. (laughs) I think mine's like, and you know, yeah. You know, (laughs) that's what I do. And I have to think, well, they probably don't know. That's why I'm speaking. That's why I'm here. (laughs) But it's it's an easy filler for me. But yeah, I I speak at every chance I get because I know that that's how we're going to spread the word. And I know that's how we're going to help more children. And I love your message. Just tell your story. When you talk about sharing your story and you don't have to keep it in, you can share it with the world. And somebody is going to resonate with what you have to say. And that's what's so important. It might be one person. It might be a thousand people. But even if you help one person come into their own and realize that they're worthy and that they can speak up and speak out, I want to tell you, I've always been an extrovert. I've always been outgoing and not a shy person, but I realized that I really love to speak in front of people when I was in is ninth or 10th grade Mm -hmm. and we had to do an oral book report and I had read The Color Purple, Mm -hmm. read it. I've seen the movie, very empowering. 
right? Yes, it is. And so I'm so it. aligned with even your mission today. Holy <laughs> <I> cow. <laughs> it was foreshadowing, right? And foreshadowing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I get up there and I'm speaking to the class and I, I become very aware of the fact that there are like three cute boys in the class that I like. Uh, I've got friends in, in the class. I, you know, maybe there's somebody I don't know and I'm on a roll. And then I froze, mm-hmm. forgot what I was going to say. Where was I even going with what I was saying? Here I am 15 years old, devastating, mm. right? But I stood there and I looked out and what I realized is just like you're doing right now, you're waiting to hear what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it was extremely empowering for me. I thought they're listening because they want to learn, they want to hear, and I've got something to say. And in that moment, I got back on track and I, I felt a little taller and a little more in control. And that was the pivotal moment that I thought, oh, I love this. This is awesome. So I know well, you inserted the dramatic <laughs> pause without even meaning to, right? But you're so right. Like, and man, what a lesson at 15. Are you kidding me? That's huge. Uh, but that's a, that's a big piece of it is that when you get out of your head and into your heart, uh, then you'll get right back to it. A lot of times when you freeze or, you know, have that moment when you're speaking, you're like, wait, where am I going? That's because you're in your head, right? You're like trying to like play the loop of what you practiced and like, okay, wait, wait, what, what was I saying? And instead just take the pause, gather yourself and get back into your heart of like, they're here to listen to me. I have something to say even if it wasn't connected to wherever I left off, just jump back in. Right. So what a great lesson. What a great lesson. Well, I know so many amazing things are happening for you and with you and, and, you know, so many, so many good things unfolding now for room redux and just the expansion that you're on and the vision that you are living out. It's so beautiful. I'm so thankful that we got connected and now that I know more about your organization, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to, you know, getting more involved and, and, and just cheering you on. And there's, um, there's a lot of events that you have going on. And I know that there's ways that people can donate. Uh, there's ways that people can get involved, whether they're, you know, near a chapter or not. And so h- how can that happen? What do you, where's the best place that you direct people to? I know that you're doing a big event coming up. Um, in, in as at the time that we're recording this, it's a big event coming up on April 15th in which you're redoing a bunch of rooms for children who were affected by these school shootings in Uvalde, Texas, which is really heartwarming to, to see you guys be able to participate and do something like that. But just overall, how can people get involved? Yeah, we're really looking forward to that one. It's going to be a big one for six children. So FBI referral, huge. But yeah, go to our website, roomredux.org, O-R-G, and you'll find all kinds of ways. You can come and volunteer, help at a room transformation. You can donate time, money, furniture. We're always looking for recurring donors. Um, You can spread the word, social media. That's huge. That's a large part of how we've grown. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the socials and share, please share so that we can spread the word more. And that means with anyone in any state, in any country, so that we can really plant more chapters and help more children. And one thing I will say too, is we always say we are 
Rune Redux. So whether you have donated time, money, furniture, volunteered, done this, then you are Rune Redux. So our hashtag is we are Rune Redux because it takes all of us to help children. Well, great job. Great job on what you're doing. And we will definitely uh, link up all of those channels, the social, social media channels. We'll remind you of that hashtag and most importantly, link up to roomredux.org so that you can go and donate or learn more about the chapters that might be nearby wherever you live or um, help bring Room Redux to the country that you live in. What are the countries that you're looking at expanding into immediately? Because I know we have, you know, many listeners in other countries and it might be coming to a country near you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we are working on filing in Australia, the UK, so Ireland, Scotland, Wales, the Isle of Wight. Uh, we're looking at the Philippines. Israel, Kenya, but like I said, every, every country, every child deserves a fresh start everywhere. So yeah, if, no matter where you are, contact them. No matter where you are. I love it. Thank you so much, Susie B. Baral for being with us today of Room Redux. Also L'Oreal Paris, Woman of Worth, a distinction honor of the national honor for this past year. Um, just go and keep doing the good work that you're doing and hashtag we are Room Redux. I love it. Thanks for being with us today. You guys share this episode out so we can help share Susie's story and the message of Room Redux and all of the good work that they are doing. That's an easy thing that you can do just by hitting share on this episode and share it out with your channels. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll be back here another episode next week right here on the Inside Story Podcast. I'll see you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.